We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. 2-1 Newcastle have beaten Brighton. It is a fantastic win to move Newcastle United on 28 points. Wow, what a feeling, lads. What a day. You know, I've, I've kind of forgotten what losing feels like. Don't ever want to remember what it feels like. <laughs> but but just what a day. What a win. What a performance from, from the manager in particular. We're going to get right into it today. First thing to say is, of course, we're on Patreon, which is £6.60 a month for lots more of these podcasts. Plus, it keeps this podcast free of charge. You also get the free podcast that we do without adverts. Kyle and Adam. Join me, Kyle, from Magpies 24-7. And Adam, of course, from True Faith. Uh, Kyle, I'll start with you, mate. How was your day yesterday? How buzzed are you? Um, it was it was a brilliant day. Um, in terms of the football, it wasn't uh, the, the prettiest of games, but to see Newcastle defend well and grind out a result like they did was was brilliant to see. Um, the, the the unbeaten run continues. We haven't been beaten by a Premier League team this year. The last time we got beat was off Cambridge, which is weird. If if anyone had said after Cambridge, you're gonna you're gonna like not be beaten, <laughs> not be beaten for a couple of months for summit, you'd be like, yeah, no bother, mate. But um, it 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 was just one of them performances. You get a couple of them every season. Previous seasons we've probably been on the receiving end when when they've been tight games and we've lost fitness or whatever reason. But we grinded it out and we played really well. And I thought, I, I thought like as as terrible as the game of football was like it's nice sometimes to see a team to show that kind of resilience and character I mean two minutes to go every, everybody on the bench was standing up willing the team on it's a it's a good togetherness within the squad and I think it's it's really starting to come together on Daddy Howe like for sure totally agree Adam you were you were particularly impressed by Newcastle's response to adversity because they were put under severe pressure they had very little of the ball in the second half uh, what do you want to say about that mate well, I think, it's an, again, it's an example of the, the very, very hard work Eddie Howe, his coaching staff, and all the players have been putting in. These are, these are the fruits of their labour, you know, that when, cast your mind back to Steve Bruce um, years, when we would always have to rely on a moment of individual brilliance to win a game, or even just to scrape a draw. That's where we're at. Against Brighton, there, there were a couple of decent performances from our players, but mostly there, there wasn't many individual performances to kind of speak of, but, but but that's the most impressive thing for me. That's when the team unit takes over. That's when it kind of takes autopilot and everyone knows where they're supposed to be. Their positioning was great. Yes, it is kind of alluded to, it wasn't pretty. It was scrappy. 
we were we were under it felt like we were under the cosh for most of that second half. We felt looked tired a little bit, but that muscle memory of those you know a couple of lines of players of, in defence keeping Brighton at bay. Yes, they had a load of possession, but they didn't really trouble us. They didn't do a lot with it, and it, th- th- this idea that our team unit has now developed and progressed to this point that we don't have to rely on those moments of individual brilliance that that's really impressive to me because I think putting in that performance under the previous manager we get nowhere we get absolutely destroyed but I think you know we've you know Eddie Howe deserves all the praise coming his way because he has transformed this club and the and the potential fortunes of the club for this season um really really great to see such hard work being rewarded in this way and everyone's absolutely buzzing with it totally agree and just just to go heavy on the stats for the minute i saw a great tweet from someone called scarred for life who said the last time newcastle lost a league game suddenly were top of league one and they're now outside the playoffs which is a nice way of looking at it (laughs) um newcastle have been behind (laughs) they've been behind for a total of 15 minutes in the last eight premier league games which is just unknown absurd (laughs) You know what I mean? Talk about dominance. That's dominance, that really, in terms of all the teams around us. And we're going to get on to what it means for Newcastle, the relegation battle, and the rest of the season. But I just think I just think that what we see, what Eddie Howe has managed to create, scarcely believable. If, you, if, you'd, if you'd have looked at that team, you looked at how it defended, not just set pieces, uh, but how, you know, how it defended from the front. There was no cohesion. There was no game plan. You know, who was his first game? Brentford. That game was chaos. It was chaos at both ends of the pitch. Yeah, it was. Yesterday was just like organised success. It wasn't boring because winning's never boring, particularly in our position. But it just shows, like Kyle said, like you touched on a little bit there, Adam, that like th- this is a team that are capable of, of all sorts. They're capable of going to, to Brentford, dominating possession against 10 men, albeit. They're capable of going to West Ham and, and matching one of a top four contender. And then they're capable of playing Brighton who would failed to beat in the previous seven attempts. And there's a reason for that. Brighton's style of football under Potter causes those massive problems. Well, it didn't cause those massive problems yesterday because Martin Bravka's made one very good save at 2-0 in the first half. Brighton have scored, and I can't recall any other shot on goal from Brighton. They had 15 shots, had four shots on target. I just can't recall it. And I don't know, just, just kind of a privilege almost. It's a privilege anyway to be inside the ground where, where all those three, or lucky three who, who have season tickets at the minute and, Season tickets are in, in demand, so I match day tickets. But just to be able to go into that game and just there weren't any hairy moments. We didn't rely on the referee for a bit of luck. We didn't rely on Brighton. We didn't rely on Martin Dubravka because when Newcastle used to win games, either Alison Maximin, Callum Wilson, or Martin Dubravka, if not all three, had to play out of their skin just to get a point, just to get a point at times. And uh, and yesterday Newcastle, I thought, were just the better team. I don't buy in what I've read, which was Brighton were very good. I don't think Brighton were very good. I thought Brighton, fair enough. You know, you have the ball. You want it. You want to go two 0 down. Have as much of the ball as you want. You want to pass the ball around your back four. Absolutely fine with us. I thought Newcastle controlled the game from start to finish, and just 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 really 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 pleased. It's it's a it's a lovely thing to be a Newcastle United fan right now. I don't. Are we safe? Is it is it is it still a conversation? If you if you look at, um, just to give you some you know some of the uh, the stats of where we are, we're five points clear at Leeds with a game in hand. Leeds aren't even in the relegation zone. Uh, with a point more than Brentford with two games in hand, we've lost fewer games than any team in the bottom seven. We've lost the same amount of games as Aston Villa and Wolves. 
We've only lost one game less than West Ham and Spurs. These are not the statistics of a side that's going to be relegated, surely. No, no. And uh, we, we always said, like, it's this is going to take a miracle to get out of. And we're kind of saying it in front of our eyes. Like, we've, like you say, as Kyle mentioned after that Cambridge game, you, you could never envisage this, but we've done exactly what we needed to do against the teams that we'd always hope, expect, like, oh, we should be beating them, we should be beating them. Did anyone really expect us to to, to win and draw against all of these teams back to back? Of course not. It's, it, this is uncharted territory for a lot of us. Um, and, you know, I, I'll be honest, I, I went to the stadium yesterday half expecting our run, our unbeaten run to maybe come to an end. Not because... Not because I didn't think we're in good shape, not because I think Brighton were better than us, but it was more the fact that, well, this unbeaten run is so unbelievable. It can't possibly go on again and again and again. And we just keep getting uh we just keep getting surprised, I guess, by the, you know, the the resilience and determination of this team and the belief there. Are we safe from relegation? Honestly, Alex, if you'd asked me after Brentford, I'd probably say we were and and, and add another three points onto that. I I don't think there's any danger of us getting relegated now, which is which is a bold thing to say, I know, with such a long long way of the season to go, but 34, 35 points has been enough to kind of, for people to survive, for teams to survive the last uh, four seasons in the Premier League at least. And I think, I, I think, I think another win before the end of the season and a scatter of draws will get us there. But I, I, I just think we'll be more comfortable than that. I really do. I know we have some more testing fixtures coming up um but we've made we've, we've taken maximum opportunity from the, these fixtures that we really hoped that we needed to be getting results from and yeah I, I can't see us getting relegated now we're too well organized the fact that we played fairly poorly yesterday in terms of you know maybe our attacking verve we were i thought we were very good defensively but we weren't necessarily great in possession we, we there's a lot to work on i think we looked a bit fatigued but I think that's okay, given the run that we've been on. I, you know, barring a complete capitulation and com- you know a, a turnaround as 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 um, seismic as 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 we have like the other way on this unbeaten run from you know defeat, 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 defeat. I can't see I can't see it happening. I think we're too, we're too comfortable, we're too good, we're too organised. Um, there's too much belief in that squad. Th- those players after that result there. We'll just feel they're unstoppable. We'll just feel they're unbeatable. Like the last two games, we've all, you know, there's been incidents within like after about 10 minutes. You think of the red card at Brentford. You think about the two goals we scored in quick succession in the 12th and 14th minute yesterday at Brighton. Uh, and, you know, f- for those like big events in, 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 in those matches to be happening so early, but then to, to see it out, to ride it out, to have that endurance, uh, that longevity in games, to, to stay in the game, to be still so, so difficult to break down, even in the 80th minute, the 90th minute. We'll feel invincible, and the players we'll see will be buying even buying into Eddie's, um, you know, his vision even more now because they've followed his, um, they've, they've, they've followed his instruction to the letter and look where we are and look what they're playing better, they're being recognised, we're charging up the table, there's a feel-good factor that I just don't think, I don't think other clubs are going to be able to shatter. Even after, even if we t- do take a couple of defeats in the next month or two, whatever it will be, I just think we f- we seem unstoppable at the minute, and the belief there is just is only increasing in that squad. 
Kyle, same question, mate. Then how, how how do you see the relegation picture? It's it's mad because the last time I was on this podcast, like after a game, if anybody listens to like previous podcasts and stuff, I was here after the Watford game, and I was saying um, we're already relegated, we're gone. Um, <laughs> Kieran Clark should never wear a shirt again. <laughs> and to be fair, Kieran Clark hasn't worn a Newcastle shirt since. And Newcastle was he even playing, mate? Uh, well, he wasn't Watford. against Watford. He got sent off. <laughs> after, Norwich. Oh, no, after the Norwich game. I was going to say, we can blame Kieran Cork for many things, but <laughs> losing that header, which Jamal Lasalle's loss is not Kieran my, my, my mistake is Norwich. But um, after the Norwich game, we're gone, we're relegated, and we sit seven points above the above the drop. We're, statistics looking good, and we're playing really well. It is it is a miracle, honestly. If you see the players that have came to resurgence, you Joel Linton's, you... Even Emil Kraft had an all right game yesterday. That's beyond like recognition of anything I could think of. <laughs> like, it's it's just it's just such a good feel at the minute. Like the fans are behind the team. Every, like, everyone's behind the team, and we're all united for once. And like, you see, like the, the, over the last year, it was so toxic. It was so divided. But you see, everybody behind the team. And when Newcastle are like that, it's it's brilliant. And Eddie Howe was used the. The, the like the honeymoon period after the takeover, the good feel and and turned it into positive football into a team that can play nice football and grind it out and they proved that yesterday. So for me, I think Newcastle. I've, I'm always going to be a, like skeptical. You've got to get to the forty points and stuff like that. But I think Newcastle are capable of winning four games of football between now and the end of the season uh, to stay in the league. Uh, plus, I think the bottom three teams, I don't think are capable of getting the 40 points. I think around 35, 36 points, so that's eight points for Newcastle needed. And I think we'll be all right. And I think we can pick them up between now and the end of the season. So I'm confident we can stay up uh, from this point on, especially with the players that we've brought in um, and stuff like that. But yes, yeah, like, like you say, mate, it's really good to support this club at the minute. And I think it'll be even better after the summer next season as well. It's funny looking back to that, you know, that run at the end of last season, the, the Willock run. Um, and we, you know, it was really evident that, that Bruce or anybody, he just didn't have any idea quite why we were winning, but, but we were winning. But if you don't know why we're winning, then there's nothing to, how do you build upon that? How do you, how do you, how do you improve? How do you go to the next level? Whereas under Eddie Howe, what he's created is something incredibly sustainable. He, he's, the, the fact that we've seen these performance levels, the fact that we've seen, success over such a long period of time with, you know, a, a lot of decent teams put in our way, teams that we wouldn't even dream of, of, of beating in the first couple of months of this season. We're, we're now confident pretty much to go anywhere. Like you say, that, that, that performance at West Ham, for example, like we came away disappointed and we didn't have our three best players. We have created something sustainable that is bigger than any individual at the minute. And, and I, and I think that, that is, that is Eddie Howe's, um, biggest success so far this season that it's purposeful he knows why things happen and he's because he's because he understands that and he's able to analyze those things the good and the bad from each from each game we play and from training as well that we can go on that if there's a blip I feel like it will only be a blip and that we can get you know it won't completely derail us I don't think I think our belief is going to be so high it, it's going to be hard to shirk and I don't think we'll, we'll we'll kind of lose confidence so much that it will completely derail us either I think like I say this this it's a sustainable approach with the players and the squad that we've got and I think obviously if we survive and we go to summer there's a, there'll be a huge turnover of players and 
Eddie Howell sort of have to start all over again. What he's having to do here in the short term is this quick fix till the end of the season, just create a solid team unit that is all playing for each other. That's what he's done. And we're seeing the, you know, we're seeing the fruits of that. And it's, um, yeah, it's really, really um, exciting. I think it's, we're just not used to it. It's, uh, it's crazy. In terms of the, the scale of, of the transformation, when Newcastle lost to Manchester City 4-0 on the 19th of December, I think it was, yeah, Newcastle were 19th in the league with 10 points from 18 games. They were three points behind Watford. Watford had two games in hand and a 13-better goal difference. And it just looked so hopeless. It just And I hadn't given up. Lots of people hadn't given up. But it just looked like it was an impossible task. Newcastle uh, were six points behind Leeds, um, who were the side above Watford. So it was, you know, with a worse goal difference as well. So it was looking like if Watford did well, Burnley had played three games less than us and were above us in the league. And, and now these teams, your Leeds, uh, Watford, Burnley, it's almost, uh, they're almost... Inconsequential to us, they're not. They're not the sides whose results I'm looking out for. Particularly, um, we're recording before Watford play a hard game for them today at home to Arsenal. And you know, if we look at the bottom three now, Burnley on 21 points, Newcastle on 28, and uh, Newcastle are seven points clearly with the relegation zone. So Burnley haven't played the same amount of games. If you assume it is Burnley uh, who who threaten Newcastle to, to for, for relegation, that's ignoring all the teams below us. Burnley are going to have to win three more games in Newcastle, you know, b- between now and the end of the season. And Burnley have won only three games all season, so they're going to have to not just double that, but they're going to have to win kind of, you know, six games type of thing. Well, with Burnley, you know, obviously they went on that like pretty decent run a couple of weeks ago, but that seemed, you know, that seemed to be them stretching themselves to that absolute limit. And that was just to pull their head above water. Like, yeah. it's it, they, they didn't, you know, I think the last three games they've... Uh, I think they've won. Uh, so they've got what, one point out of, of three. They've conceded like I think they've conceded six without reply at home in the last uh, week as well. That's going to hopefully shatter their confidence. Well, this is the thing. This is the comparison to Newcastle United. I think to finish off part one of the show, Watford and Burnley have had their good weeks. They've had their miracle weeks. They've had their Watford picked up four points, Burnley seven in a, in a week, and they're still seven and nine points behind them. So that's what. That's why. If even if you ignore um, our good form. Good is not strong enough a word for our form, but if you ignore our good form, and uh, you say that Newcastle's four away games in a row now are, are looking tricky, and you know conversations to be had probably about what we think we need or what we think we'll get from those four games. But I just think that I think it's done. I think uh, you know we we all I in particular you can be guilty of thinking oh I don't want to say it until it's done like you say I'll get the forty points and think them there, but I can't look at Newcastle United and this Newcastle United of twenty twenty two in particular. And say that team is going to play championship football next season. That just seems absurd to me. They're a good team. We're operating at a good level in the Premier League. Yes, we've had fixtures against sides in the, the bottom seven, bottom eight, uh, besides West Ham. But we've been better than all of those sides, and I'll include West Ham with that. And like one of you said earlier, this is without our three best players for the majority of that, that time. So, unbelievable job from the lads. We're going to talk more about the game yesterday in part two of the show. So I'll be straight back with you after these adverts. Of course, if you want to get rid of the adverts, join us on Patreon, £6.60 a month for about 30 to 40 extra True Faith Newcastle United podcasts, plus these podcasts ad free. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Part two of the show then, lads. I think um, I'll start us off here, and I'm, I'm, I'm keen on both of you if you about these. There are lots and lots of positive performances for Newcastle players uh, across the weeks. I think Newcastle's good form is built on a spine of, quite frankly, brilliant performances, but just the sheer consistency. So two centre-backs, Matt Target, Joe Linton in midfield, um, and Ryan Fraser. I think those five players there... I'm almost, what's the right word here? I am shocked just at how consistent they are. Joe Willock's been excellent. Quiet a game yesterday. John Joe Shelby's been excellent. Quiet a game. Jacob Murphy and Chris Wood, we might talk about. Emil Kraft, we might talk about. Martin Dubravka hasn't had much to do in the past six weeks. Those five players there, I just, I just think that there is good a group of players playing, performing consistency out of the top four in the Premier League. I don't know. Should we start with Ryan Fraser, Kyle? What are, you, what are your thoughts on him and how... how 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 good do you think he can be, or do you think we're seeing the best of him? I think we're seeing the Ryan Fraser that was at Bournemouth, the one that was direct, working really hard, kind of the Ryan Fraser we expected to join with. Um, he's he's been phenomenal the last couple of games. He's definitely he's in he, he's in the Player of the Month like nominations, and I think he should be he, he should be at least top three. He's been he's been absolutely outstanding to see him score again yesterday. It's just a complete resurgence. I know like everyone's talking about Joel Linton and wearing the shirts and stuff like that, but Ryan Fraser's had as big of a comeback as anybody and it's 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 so good to see because you've seen his personality come across in interviews and he's got a bit of swagger about him. He's got that confidence back. Like he looks happy to be playing under Eddie Howe. And I know they've had a lot of lot of past at, at Bournemouth and stuff, but they've obviously 
they've, they've obviously made up and and and, the, and Fraser's reaping the rewards of Eddie Howe's system. He knows how Eddie Howe works at uh, going forward, and he's just really playing playing really well. I think he took the corner as well, didn't he? Uh, for share, so uh, an assist and a goal yesterday. He's just he's just becoming one of them bigger players for the team, and it's it, it's nice to see because there was a frustration for a while when he signed that we weren't seeing the best of him. He got sent off at Sheffield United, and there was a couple of like people saying, "Oh, he should be he should be shown the door," basically. But he's he's put them people quiet now, I think, and he's he's playing his best football for sure, and he can get better. That's the main thing. That's the important thing because of how hard he works. He's he's a thorn in the side for any team, and he's got that quality to drive forward, have that pace, get the cross into the box, and and, and cause problems for any team in the league. I think he's been he's been probably our best player this month, and that's saying something given how how high the level has went up over the past month or two. Totally agree. That great finish yesterday. Had to think fast, had to be prepared, had to keep running. Like you say, to the work ethic, isn't it? When Jacob Murphy's away. You don't have to run with him. He doesn't have to try and keep up. He could just be like, oh, "Go on, stick in the back of the net, Jake Murphy." Like, so unlucky, Jacob Murphy. By the way, Jesus Christ, this man, <laughs> Jacob Murphy, hits the post. Is is his, like? I'm sick of saying it. Adam. <laughs> I mean, maybe he just needs to work on his one on ones, Alex. Uh, it's unlucky, it. though, isn't it? Like, I mean, it is unlucky, but hitting the post is is still off target. Like, he still needs to be get, very hard. He still needs to be getting there. <laughs> L- listen, on on Ryan Fraser, you're absolutely right. Look, the last five games. That's two goals and three assists. Five goal contributions in the last five games. He's on fire. And as you say, obviously he's had a fantastic February and, and rightly so he's put forward his nomination for Player of the Month. But I think the other the other key thing about Ryan Fraser that he's versatile. We shifted him over. Um, he, he was able to accommodate Sam Maximan on that left-hand side. He just he just came across and it, it, it was, um, you know, it, 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 it's fantastic that you've got someone who's so good we can play him either, you know, on either flank as well. That's, um, but yeah, it's just his understanding, his enthusiasm. He's obviously a confidence player, but we're, I think this is probably he would probably say this is probably his best form since that season at Bournemouth, when it was just him and Wilson tearing stuff up, assists, goals, the lot. And I think he's got, you know, he still has some work to get to those levels again. But I think he, you know, he probably like like kind of alluded to, he suffered a kind of confidence of crisis. He probably wondered like. Am I ever going to get that? Was that an anomalous season? Am I ever capable of that again? You know, he's still got years left in his career. Like he's not, he's not by by no means has he passed it yet. But I think, you know, the more he gets played, the more he is able to contribute and is clinical. And, you know, like I say, he's, these goal contributions, that's what gets the three points. That's what gets your draws. He... he He's only going to become more, more, more confident again, working for Eddie Howe, who he knows... Um, very, very well as well. It's he clearly wants to play for him. He clearly wants to show, you know, repay the faith that Eddie Howe has shown in him, and he, he's doing it. He's he's becoming a really, really important player for for us, as as you, as you mentioned, Alex. Totally agree, mate. Totally agree. And I want to talk about Dan Byrne. We talk about Dan Byrne a lot. We talk about Dan Byrne so much on the last podcast with David Renford. We said we're not going to talk about Dan Byrne <laughs> this week because we talk about him every other week. But we have to talk about Dan Byrne. He's just I call him one of the most important signings, if not the most important sign, in terms of an impact, an immediate impact on the team. I know Kieran Trippier, d- you know, d- did very well when he came in, but when when Kieran Trippier came in, the team was still trying to find their feet. They were still trying to improve. Dan Byrne has come in, and Newcastle are now a, just a superb defensive unit. I just I can't get over how good he is, how much time he seems to have on the ball. 
He seems to be so certain about what he's doing when he does it. He very rarely, if ever, loses a header, which is a massive, massive thing because it means that teams can't go long. You know, who was, you know, Brentford last week basically just resorted to long ball. Um, didn't work for them because because Dan Burns there. Just, Kyle, have you got anything on Dan Burns, mate? Like, what, what, like how, how would you rank him in terms of, of, of importance of signing in recent years? I mean, I tweeted this yesterday, and I like, I don't, I don't overdo it. I don't wanna, like, I don't, I don't wanna say too much. But I think I'm, I'm pretty sure Dan Byrne taught Paolo Maldini how to defend. <laughs> he's, he's, he's absolutely brilliant. Like, he's came into this team, and he, like, it's an amazing concept, lads. But we found a defender that can defend, and like, we've, we've watched Newcastle this season, and they've been calamitous at times defensively. And then you've just got Dan Byrne who. He like he, he he he's he's got the um he's got the height of a basketball player but the feet of a ballerina dancer like he's he's absolutely amazing on the ball like he he's he's so composed he can bring the ball forward like even when Lascelles has been at his best like there's always been oh well he's not very good on the ball he clears it out to him but you don't get that with Dan Byrne you just don't he, he he's just so composed he knows what he's doing like. He's really sorted that defence out. Him and Matty Target, solid additions. And it's turned Newcastle from calamity, like most goals conceded in the league, one or two behind Watford to being like, concede like a couple of clean sheets in the last eight eight games. It's it's crazy how much he's like changed that defence around through the spine as you talk about. But yeah, I, I think Dan Byrne is like, he's he one at least at 12, 13 million. For him, it's it's absolutely incredible, and you could tell Brighton missed him yesterday as well. Um, he's he's just he's just a brilliant defender. And to be honest, I don't know why. Like if he's been putting that kind of performance and that kind of consistency in for Brighton, I don't know why he hasn't been looked at for England as of yet. He's right. been he's been brilliant. Totally agree. And two two goals in the four games that Dan you know Newcastle have played. Uh, Dan Burns played for Newcastle. Have conceded twice in four games. And that's just sensational. Absolutely sensational, and that's without Kieran Trippier as well. Um, or well, I think he went off for the first, uh, you know, half time against Villa. So three and a half games uh, with Dan Byrne without Trippier. Absolutely brilliant, Adam. Just just keen on your thoughts about this this narrative a little bit about Brighton playing very well and being the better team and not winning. Read Luke Edwards' match point in Telegraph, which was an enjoyable read, but, but but he said Brighton have come and dominated and played very well, but not taken points again, and they can't keep doing that. I'm not so sure myself, but what what do you think? How you know how did Newcastle deserve to win yesterday? I think we deserved to win on the basis that we were more clinical and we defended better. Um, does dominating a game necessarily mean that you've played well? No, those two things are completely different. Um, I probably have to disagree with Luke on this. Um, I don't think Brighton played necessarily well. I think they had every opportunity to try and break us down, to unlock us, to put put us under pressure, to test Martin Dubravka. And they did a couple of times. And just to just to quickly go back to a, a point you made earlier about Dubravka, uh, Alex, you know, he, he hasn't had a lot to do in the last few weeks. But actually what we're seeing is when we need him, he is there in the face. Look at that Welbeck save uh, in, the, in, in, that, um, in that first half. But beyond that Welbeck um, shot and chance... You're right, Alex. It's hard to sort of envisage or kind of remember, you know, Brighton really, really troubling us in that final third. Yes, they were all over the park. Yes, they, they caused us problems in that second half simply because we we didn't have possession. We, we kind of felt that we, the game was maybe slightly out of our control. Maybe we were maybe we were a bit 
more tired than they were, but that dogged determination to keep them at bay, they couldn't break us down despite having two-thirds of the possession across that whole game. That's not good enough. Um, they need to be they need to be doing better if it, you know you can't have sixty seven percent possession, um, and and have you know four shots on target. That's, that's that is not that is not enough. And obviously it's it's about the quality of the chance as well. Um, our defenders played well as we as we've been talking about. I don't think Brighton did enough uh, to push us to test us because I think we were probably a, a little bit weak in that second half yesterday and we were probably there for the take and it, even if it was just a you know a, an equaliser but they didn't manage to do that they couldn't do that we were too much for them and yeah they, i don't think they showed i don't think they showed us what brighton are capable of because Graham Potter's a canny manager they've been playing some pretty decent stuff certainly the first half of this season maybe I don't know. Are people working them out? Are they petering out? Is it kind of, again, a bit fatigue? I don't know what's happening at Brighton, but yeah, they. I wouldn't say either team were particularly spectacular yesterday. Same question, mate. What do you think Newcastle were lucky to win? I don't, actually. Um, to quote Jose Mourinho, uh, they can take the ball home, we'll take three points. Um, <laughs> like, to, like, in all honesty, I thought what, like the, the years we'll watch Rafa Benitez have... 30% possession, 40% possession, but look well-organised defensively and not deserve to lose games despite other, the other team having the ball. That's like, it's just, that's been that's been the norm for us before, obviously, Steve Bruce and that came in. So I don't think we'll play it off the park. Like, they had a couple of chances did Brighton, but they didn't, like, barring the, the barring their goal, I didn't think they had anything clear-cut where it was like, Oh well, they should have scored there. They had a sitter there. They had a sitter here. Dubrovka didn't have to make twenty-five saves. Like, I thought were were fairly comfortable. I, like I think the game plan was very much let Brighton have the ball because they are very good in possession. And there was bits of play at times where it was like these are really good in possession, but they they didn't do anything with it. it was like all thought and no shite. Do you know what I mean? Like there wasn't any. There wasn't anything to it. Like if they've got the ball in their own half for for twenty minutes and the two 0 down, let them crack on. Like we hit them at the right times in the game, and they didn't have an answer for it. I thought when it went to two one, they'd go up a gear and they'd start blowing away a bit, but they didn't. We never looked uncomfortable in that game, and that's very un Newcastle of Newcastle to be in that situation. So. For me, me disagreeing with Luke Edwards is probably like the norm, but like, yeah, I've got to disagree with him again. Like, and not just Luke, uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, it, I think that's been the the common commentary in the game is Brighton with a better team, and I, I agree with you both. And there's a couple of things as well which Eddie Howe talked about, you know, they do various post match interviews. I think it was on with NUFC.co.uk, the in house one. First of all, the first thing Eddie Howe just said, it just you know, um, the the performance wasn't important. The points are more important. He's right. It's like what you're saying, Kyle. But also that there was a lot of people, myself included, questioned a lot of these players after that Cambridge game. Questioned the mentality, how much they wanted it, how asked they were, whether up for the battle in a relegation fight. And what you saw yesterday in abundance was the kind of thing that, yet again, I think that Watford, Norwich, Burnley, Everton, Leeds... I don't think any of those teams hold out under that kind of intense pressure. I don't th- think those teams do what they have to do off the ball that we did yesterday. And it's not, you know, earlier in the season, particularly when we go back to that Man City game and after the Man United game as well, and the Watford game too, 
one of the great hopes for me was that we had left a lot of points out there this season. We had actually been the better team in games um, and not won. You know, you look at, um, you could you could argue maybe Norwich, but, you know, Brentford at home was a big one. Southampton at home would argue weren't the better team, but we should have won the game. Uh, the Man United game, the Watford game. There's loads of them I could keep going where Newcastle should have taken more than the has. When I look at those other teams, I don't think those other teams can say that. I think they're very lucky to, to have the points that they do in the league. But also now the fact that we don't leave any points, the fact that we can't turn superiority, as it were, into points. And, you know, if Brighton had got a goal late on yesterday, it would be sat here very flat probably because given away two or goal lead, and then it's like, well, that is what relegated teams tend to do, tend to hire away leads when when they're so superior. I just, I just don't think as nerve-wracking as it was, I just didn't think that Newcastle were going to concede yesterday. They weren't creating the chances, they weren't getting the space. Newcastle retained such a threat on their counter-attack. There was a point when Joe Linton crucially cuts out a ball right on the edge of the penalty box, our own penalty box, that would have set up a great chance for Brighton. And his next touch is a through ball to Alison Maximan, who's away and should have done better probably. And I just don't think any of the other teams in, in, in this bottom seven, anywhere from where now top of this mini-league, can, can point to players or, or moments like that. But yeah, and I think those teams that you describe, Alex, what they what they have is kind of a soft centre, and I don't necessarily mean the midfield, just in terms of their mentality and their um, resilience. And what we have is steel. What we have is this sort of solid core um, that that kind of helps to drive us. And I think we're nastier now. We're kind of, we're on, we are more competitive. You, th- you t- cast your mind back to the first few games of uh, this season and we were just a pushover. We didn't, we just allowed teams to just, we just allowed teams to just get at us. And we, inv- we invited teams onto us and then we didn't stop them when they did. And positioning was all over the place, but we, we are nastier now. We're seeing, we're more physical. We, we, we see more determined. I mean, look, look at, look at Joe Linton. Like he is a, he is a unit. He is, we, we, I mean, he's always been the physicality that he's been, but he's using it a lot more effectively now. He's in the middle. He's he's tough to get around. You have to play around him. He's that is a consideration. Whereas before, you didn't you, you, as a defender, you didn't have to worry about him because he didn't he didn't cause any threat. But because he's he, he shakes things up in the middle of that park, he make he, he, he asks questions of opposition players that they then have to kind of you know maneuver around him or get past him or. But he's everywhere. I, I, I thought he particularly had a, a really, really good game. I think he was, he kind of embodied a bit what we were about. You know, it was kind of, like you say, he's kind of bringing the, you know, that that, that all round performance, the defense, the, the with 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 kind of progressive, you know, forward thinking straight away. What can we do now? Counter attack. Let's get back at them. It was it was all deliberate. It was composed. It was, but he, but he, but he was everywhere. He was energetic, and and I think. Those kind of players, and, and like you say, with burn and target, they, they put themselves in the way. They 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 know they're going to get hurt. They they they're putting their bodies on the line for the club. And you know, share made good blocks. Burn made good blocks. Target seems to be just getting his ankle seems to be getting absolutely. He was down again yesterday, wasn't he? After that, after the Brentford red card of last week. But we 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 just seem nastier to play against. More difficult to play against. We're not a pushover. Opposition teams have to think about how they're going to break us down. And so far, many of them are failing. Last home game for a good old while. That I think it's uh, over a month now until we play at home. Wolves on the, the Friday. Yeah, in the Premier League. Um, Eddie Howe uh, talked in his one of again one of his post-match interviews that the lads are back in tomorrow, and well, which is today, in training, which is just again sensational. He said, you know, the the physical test with four away games 
you know, back to back, you know, games Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, um, is a big factor in that. And I don't know, do you think, Kyle, before coming to you, Adam, do you think it's time maybe for a bit of freshen up? Newcastle starting eleven's kind of picked itself these last few weeks. Is he gonna have to start thinking about giving players a rest? He mentioned Ryan Fraser took another knock, might be okay for Thursday. What do you think, mate? It's really difficult because it's like a situation like we haven't had for a, for a while. It's our best unbeaten run since we finished fifth under Pardew. And it's like the players are playing so well at the minute. It's like you want to go for the old phrase, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But you you want to be able to rotate as well and avoid injury and stuff like that. So it's, it's a really difficult one. I'd probably make a couple of changes on on Thursday night, but I wouldn't I wouldn't like go full on and and, and change like five or six. It'd probably be two or three and then maybe uh, use your substitutions well, which I think Eddie Howe deserves a lot of credit for. He's good with his substitutions and um and and, and then try and balance it out as best as I can because it is going to be difficult with the Thursday, Sunday next couple of weeks. But in all honesty, I think I, I don't think there'll be too many changes Thursday night um, because the team is doing so well, despite the obviously the fatigue that obviously Adam seen yesterday uh, in the team and I seen as well. But I don't know what the like. It's with it being under a different manager. Like I've got more faith in these players to be fit for more than forty minutes. So like, I, I, you know, it's it's like. It's, I'd, I'd keep very much the same team because I think Eddie Howe's got them a lot fit and they're willing to run and they're willing to to try. So obviously, when you get two weeks down the line in one, the second Thursday, I think obviously rotation's important. But I think for now, just keep it as solid as you can, especially keep that spine of the team that you want about. I don't even think it's time potentially for Bruno to come into the midfield from a starting berth. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think I think we he's had a few substitute appearances. He's been in the country a few weeks now. There's absolutely no reason. We, we, I was quite glad that it's kind of um, you know all five of our centre midfield or first team centre midfield options kind of got on the pitch yesterday. I think Longstaff hasn't really done much wrong either. He's just been again a victim of other people's good form. Bruno's obviously ahead of him in the queue as well. I think Bruno coming in makes a lot of sense. Um, I think I think he would slot in for Shelby. I think Shelby looked a bit tired yesterday and I think swapping him out and getting him ready for, you know, for Chelsea perhaps, I, I, don't, I think would be fairly shrewd. I, I'm with Kyle to an extent. I think we need to keep mainly the main core seven or eight players, but I think there's room there for, you know, if Mankio's back fit and obviously that that relies on his, you know, his, uh, his match fitness as well, his readiness to come back into the team. But I'd, I'd quite like to see him come in again. Um, Maxim, Sam Maximan, Hopefully, showed enough that he's going to be well enough to start on Thursday. Um, I, you know, I, it's been great sort of that that we've had um, our squad players like Kraft, like Murphy coming in and, and and just kind of doing a job for us. But I'd like to see, you know, I'd like to see Sam Axman back in the team. I'd like to see Bruno in there. I'd like to see Mankio back. Um, and yeah, even even given Willock arrest and throwing Longstaff in, I don't think would be would be a would be a car crash either um but i don't think i don't think he'll change more than one person in midfield if that's what he intends to do but you know he, he has been quite reluctant to change you know change things around a bit if you just look at lascelles it didn't feel like he was ever going to kind of drop lascelles and he and then it kind of happened that lascelles was 
ill, <laughs> I think. I, I don't know how much I buy into that. But obviously, since he got ill, Byrne came in, developed that um, that partnership with Cher, and they've never looked back. So he doesn't really like to tinker too much, but I think, as, as Kyle alluded to, we've got a Thursday night match, a Sunday, night, a Sunday match, and then another Thursday match. We, we're going to need to use our squad a bit more, but the fact that he's given so many of the squad players playing minutes the last sort of month... I think puts us in good stead to be able to make those changes without it being a complete disaster. Well said. We will have a full Southampton preview on Patreon, as we always do for every Newcastle United first team fixture this week, plus lots more content on there. That's £6.60 month. Thank you both, Kyle and Adam. We've run out of time. And uh, and yeah, thank you to everyone who listens to the True Faith podcast. We'll be back with another free show Thursday night, I believe, after Southampton. So keep an ear out for that. Speak to you then. Ta-da.